Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. So we're here in beautiful Ecuador. Unfortunately, it's a rainy day, so we're indoor, getting some work done on our uh, podcasting, on our online summit coming up this November. The kiddos over there are actually watching Power Rangers. Hi, guys. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so uh, we're enjoying beautiful Ecuador, and on the show today we actually have a very special guest who's a fellow dadpreneur, a fellow dad traveler, uh, and uh, he's actually a fellow author as well. Uh, so we got the opportunity to interview our guest today, Clark uh, Vanderventer, all about his travels, his blog, and his book called Unworking. So, uh, Clark, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better to start off with if you want to do a quick introduction about yourself and your background. Sure. Well, um, my wife and I uh, just this past winter bought a home in uh, the Lake Tahoe area in California, California, Nevada. But uh, that that follows, um, gosh, five or six years of sort of semi-nomadic living, uh, which follows a complete meltdown in my life. And... I was the former deputy director of the Reagan Ranch, President Reagan's home in Santa Barbara, and then in 2010 ran for Congress. After my campaign, we just crashed and burned and um, ended up living in my in-law's garage. And from that point on, we really began the process of, of reinventing our life, reorganizing our life, um, which has allowed um, just an incredible ride over these past years. Uh, uh, eight or nine years. So, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a big dramatic uh, change, like the one you went through, a turning point, um, and, uh, and now you're, uh, you're living life by design, living life by purpose. So even though it was a dark moment you went through, now you've seen the light on the other side and you're living it. So uh, tell us about the travels. Um, so you went for, uh, you ran for Congress, you had that, uh, uh, point of depression and you're living with in-laws and then how did you turn that into a positive? How well, you, you know, I actually remember when we were living with my in-laws in the garage, um, I remember, uh, you probably know Nancy from Family on Bikes, um, Nancy and uh, her uh, family had just completed their bike ride. Um, they had just finished riding from Alaska to Argentina. And I remember thinking, I can do anything, <laughs> you know, like these, this family just rode their bikes over three years with nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old boys uh, from Alaska to Argentina. If they can do that, I can do anything I want with my life. And I remember um, being in the garage and feeling like something had to change. Like we had to do something. We had to get out of there. We didn't want to live in the garage forever, obviously. And sort of grasping for something. And I had in, in a single week, I had three phone calls from pretty exciting job prospects. And I was like, wow, I saw the escape hatch. You know, I saw my way out. I saw um, it, was, it was going to require us relocating to a different part of the country. Uh, exciting jobs, but right back into where I was before. And my wife really hesitated. You know, she saw this, um, even though we had uh, crashed and burned, it had been a, a few years since I had been in a job. And my wife was like, really, do you want to go back to the grind? Like, 
we're not going to be able to to have this, you know, this time together as a family. And, and uh, then for whatever reason, all three of those job opportunities just disappeared. I, I couldn't even contact the people who had been contacting me previously. And um, I thought, wow, it was a wake-up call. It was like, you know, if I take any job, my, my destiny belongs to someone else. And I really wanted to create my own thing. And I wanted to figure out how I could be both a full-time breadwinner and a full-time dad. So you decided to live life by design. Uh, you you left your corporate world behind, and you decided not to work for the the man upstairs. Well, you <laughs> work for the man upstairs, but not the corporate man upstairs. Uh, yeah, you decided to go uh, rogue. Uh, you decided to become an entrepreneur. Walk us through the journey. Uh, what kind of stuff have you done as an entrepreneur in terms of work and business and online income? Sure, we um, we had to first learn how to make money. Before, we only knew how to have jobs. We didn't know how to make money. And uh, we operate under this, uh, I call it patchwork income. So most people think that the safe and secure path is to uh, get a job, you know, have your employer pay for your, you know, for your life. And, and that, that's supposedly security. But if I'm dependent on my uh, well-being and my family's well-being, on a job that someone could take away from me tomorrow, that's not security. Uh, so what we do is we have this patchwork income approach where we have lots of patches of income, money coming in from lots of different places. And if I lost any one source of income, uh, or if I lost a large one of my large patches, it, it would hurt, but it would not be devastating. We would still have additional money coming in other places. Uh, and we have a lot of um, project sort of an incubator mode. So if one, uh, we're not making a lot of money on it now, but if we lost this patch over here, we could quickly, you know, sort of bring this other uh, project that's an in incubator mode up to speed. So I got started. Oh, well, actually, my wife got started as a in patchwork income. I'm not kidding you. She was uh, doing these gigs for this online company that was trying to build a, you know, a database, sort of like a Yelp where she would go take pictures of businesses around town, coffee shops and things like that. She was probably making five bucks an hour doing it. But again, we were learning. And uh, then I got into credit card processing. I was a rep for a credit card processing company, which is completely unglamorous work. But um, I built up a, a client base. And now we have just completely passive residual income. Every month, uh, this company makes a deposit into my bank account. Uh, I have not uh, done anything uh, in, in that uh, in a couple of years, other than maybe quickly answering a merchant's email. But uh, that's every, every month, just passive residual income. So unglamorous work, but I love those three words, passive residual income. <laughs> and uh, then, of, of course, we've built uh, online businesses, websites, uh, my books, uh, Unworking, and my second book, Backdoor to the White House, which was a fiction book. Um, and then I am a consultant to nonprofit organizations and fundraising. That's my background. That's really where, um, you know, I came up uh, at the Reagan Ranch as a fundraiser. And so I still am um, actually spending more and more time uh, 
uh, as a fundraiser for nonprofit organizations. And I love the work. I, I love the, the term you created too, the whole patchwork income. Um, you know, uh, on our show, we've interviewed uh, over 270 guests at the time of this recording, and uh, most of them are, are using that model, the patchwork income model, where it's like multiple streams of online income. Sometimes some go better than others, and at least you have something to uh, pay the bills. Um, there aren't many bills when you're traveling, but uh, not in the traditional sense of the word, right. uh, but there's different costs with uh, traveling. So uh, you obviously have uh, built up this uh, multiple streams. Uh, you know, I, I love the term passive uh, income as well. <laughs> I've developed a few through my online courses on Udemy, uh, through my Kindle books on uh, Amazon, uh, through my YouTube ad revenue, and also through my affiliate income. And that definitely helps every month getting uh, a few hundred dollars just on passive, on autopilot. Right, right. And also when you keep your, you know, if you're making, um, okay, so what, in my Reagan Ranch days, um, we had just to break even, okay, before we, we even went out to the movies, just to pay the bills, the, the mortgage, the student loans, the uh, insurance, groceries, you know, just the bare minimum we had to bring in over $10,000 a month. And so if I were going to get a gig that was going to pay me a hundred bucks, ah, that, you know, it's like, it, it's so little, but if you keep your expenses low, uh, suddenly a hundred bucks here and a hundred bucks there, it, 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 uh, it goes a lot further than if you are spending money like crazy, like we were back in the day. Yeah, you know, uh, life on the road is uh, definitely sometimes cheaper, especially like we're here in uh, beautiful uh, South America, folks on, uh, you know, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru right now. And we find it a lot cheaper uh, than living back home. Uh, you know, a cost back home with the mortgage, the, uh, the insurance, the car payments, the gas, uh, eating out, uh, movies, entertainment clothes, toys, and it adds up. And here we are minimal we're, we're minimalist now. We travel with uh, next to nothing, and that's all we need. We just need ourselves, uh, you know, the family bond, and we're happy, much happier than we were back in our suburban life in Vancouver, BC, Canada. It, and it's funny because people will say, like, I, I can't afford to travel. And they, when they think about how much it costs to travel, they think about what the accommodations cost and food and all. And I'm like, well... Don't you eat at home? You you have food cost at home, <laughs> right? And the food cost in Ecuador are lower than the food cost in Vancouver, British Columbia. You know, well, you need a place to stay. Well, the place that you're staying in Ecuador is probably a lot, much cheaper than the place that you had in Vancouver. So it's uh, really about priorities and, and finagling sometimes. So. Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that. I'll give you some real numbers. I mean, uh, back in Vancouver, we were paying off a mortgage. It was at least... 1500 just for the mortgage alone. Then we had our utilities and our gas, our hydro, electricity. We had our car payments, insurance, all that. Well, here, uh, you know, we can get a good condo for about 100 US per week or about 300 US a month. Our food, uh, back in Vancouver, we'd be paying at least 10 to 12 to $15 for a nice meal. Here, you can get a really nice meal. I just had one here uh, for four or five US dollars. Our transport, I mean, our car was costing us like 50 bucks a week just in gas alone, plus the $100 on insurance monthly. Um, here, uh, we just did a trip uh, across Ecuador from the north uh, to, um, from Otavalo, which is a famous market, to Banos, which is a famous hot spring area, and it only cost us eight US dollar for a seven hour bus trip. <laughs> Crazy. So it is way cheaper here uh, than back home. 
obviously if you're in like Europe or um, uh, you know like uh, Canada US Australia it will be more expensive so just want to qualify that by saying if you're traveling Southeast Asia uh, maybe Africa and maybe here in South America Latin America Central America a lot, lot, lot cheaper than the West yeah our our initial trips were to uh, the the first big trip we took was um, we spent a couple of months in Central America, uh, Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, and then we uh, got to uh, got Honduras and Panama. We've we've been to every country in Central America now except for uh, Belize. Can't get to Belize apparently, but people say like, "What? Why did you choose uh, Central America?" and the honest answer is, "Is what we could afford. <laughs> you know, we could get there. It was cheap." And uh, our first trip that we did in uh, Central America, it was total shoestring. And uh, sure, over time, we've made more money, and it's great. It's great to make more money. Um, but initially, we were, we were just on a total shoestring budget uh, in Central America. So Clark, uh, you mentioned uh, you know the Central America trip. Uh, you've traveled quite extensively. You actually have a website called Family Treks, uh, Family tre sorry Family Trek, uh, no S, FamilyTrek.org. Uh, tell us about uh, your travels and tell us about the website Family Trek. Sure, you know um, we started Family Trek actually six years ago or seven years ago now. We were um, trying to figure out what we wanted to do with our life, and we started Family Trek as a as a travel blog, I had no idea that it would sort of morph into uh, a blog about family travel and lifestyle design. Um, it was just sort of the process we went through as we began sharing, you know, the, these thought processes uh, online with with our readers and followers. But uh, uh, Family Trek has just been a it's a been a fun place to to share travel stories and. We, uh, I, I mentioned Central America. We spent uh, a few months in Central America. We've spent uh, months at a time in Thailand, Malaysia. Uh, we've done a couple of cross-country road trips across the United States over periods of five or six months at a time. And um, just a, a collection of travel stories and tales of lifestyle design. Um, it, it's a great uh, website, you know, with a great uh, number of different resources for traveling families such as ours. Uh, so uh, now you actually finish your travel, so to speak, uh, for the time being, and uh, not as much nomadic. You mentioned you're in uh, Lake Tahoe area. Uh, where are you guys uh, still traveling? Are you doing uh, a lot of U.S. travel now, or do you do overseas trips uh, in the winter, etc.? Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is that at one time I said. Um, Boy, why would I? I wouldn't ever fly to the other side of the world if I couldn't spend at least a few months there. You know, uh, I don't want to go to uh, China for a week. I want to go for six months. And honestly, right now I'm just so content to be home in Lake Tahoe, and then to spend a week in Beijing. <laughs> you know, um, there's really no wrong way to travel. There's, uh, you know, um, there's always like the traveler versus tourist debate, but. Um, Sometimes it's fun to be a tourist. So we're spending most of our time in Tahoe. Uh, earlier this year, I did do a 500-mile bike ride from Stockholm, Sweden to Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, we're doing a lot of these you know, week-long, two-week-long trips um, just to different places around the world, always dependent on where I can get cheap flights. So 
uh, actually last year. So my wife and I, we've been trying to go to Paris for, uh, I don't know, as long as we've known each other. And it's like the trip that eludes us. We've been to many other places around the world and we'll like schedule a Paris trip and then something comes up and we can't go. So last year I decided this is it. We're, I'm going to get um, some childcare. I'm going to have the, the kids stay with some friends and just my wife and I are going to go to Paris for a week. So I'm looking at the flights and they're like uh, $700 a person. And we even get an overnight in Istanbul. And I keep looking at the flights and 700 bucks. Finally, I'm ready to purchase the flights. And now the flights, instead of being $700 a person, they're like $1,200 a person. And so now instead of a total cost of like $1,400, I'm looking at a total cost of like $2,500 for flights for a week. And I think, man, am I really going to do this? But, you know, we already had the kids taken care of. And then I have this epiphany. And it's, I want to see the entire world. I want to go everywhere. Paris isn't the last place I have to go. And so we just got on Google Flights, put in that we wanted to go somewhere for a week, the month of May, and up pops Beijing for it was $450 a person round trip. Boom, we're going to Beijing. The reason I did my – people say, well, how did you choose uh, to ride your bike from Stockholm to Copenhagen? Like, that was a pretty random ride. And I wanted to do a ride in Europe. And I did a Google flight search and boom, you know, Stockholm, Copenhagen came up, you know, in that $400 range. So that's how I ended up going there. Um, and the next place will be dependent on where we find those, those cheap flights on Google. So. I'm very much like you, Clark. I want to go everywhere, see everything and uh, meet everyone. And <laughs> One of, our, one of our big goals is to be the first family in human history to visit every country in the world. So far, no minors have done it, no kids have done it. Uh, the youngest person who's ever visited every country in the world has been over 20, like 23, 24 age. Uh, so our kids are only like uh, five, three, and one. And okay. Continents, and they've uh, obviously going to be visiting every country in South America by the end of the year. Here, we've been to nine countries in South America, been to Africa, been to Asia. Um, you know, obviously Canada, U.S. Uh, so our goal is to visit them all. So we're going to race you to it. Who knows? Who we get <laughs> well, I, I wish you well in your quest. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. And if you're a sponsor watching this video, we want your money. <laughs> we want. <laughs> We want the support to make this dream possible. And not only for ourselves, but our goal, just like Clark's goal, is to inspire families to travel more, to inspire families to live this amazing life or where you live life, not by default and uh, not uh, for a boss, but by design and by purpose. Uh, yeah. So you, have, you actually have a whole book uh, around this topic. It's called Unworking. And, uh, you know, obviously on Unworking, uh, you know, the subtitles, exit, exit the rat race, live like a millionaire, and be happy now. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We want to be happy. We want to be healthy. We want to have money so we can pay our bills and support our families. Uh, so tell us about the book. Uh, where did you come up with the idea? And how did you take the idea in your brain and implement it onto the keyboard and now into published form? <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting. I've been trying to write Unworking for a long time. Uh, and, and couldn't could never figure out how to really get into the groove of writing. And finally, uh, I sent my wife and kids away for a week. It ended up being maybe two weeks. And I com actually completed the first draft of the book in uh, two weeks. But the book opens with a letter to my children because 
I think that sometimes us, um, oh, th those of us who are in this, if you want to call it lifestyle design community, it's like we're, we're always talking about um, why we're living this way and why we've chosen to live this way. But honestly, I don't owe you an explanation. I don't owe you an explanation. I don't owe anybody an explanation except for maybe three people. I think maybe I owe my kids an explanation. Why have we chosen to live this way? Why have we chosen to have different things than other families? Why have we made that choice? And so uh, I started the, the book off with a, a letter to my children and tried to uh, explain and basically say, this book is an explanation of why we're living this way. Um, and what I really uh, try to encourage people to do in Unworking is I'm, I'm, I don't need you to live like me, okay? If you want to have a corporate job, if you want to live in L.A. and you want to you own that city, if you want to try to make it to the top of, the, of Wall Street in New York City, go for it. But I don't think most people have ever stepped back and thought, am I arranging my life around the things that I value most? Most people, I think... They, they basically say, how do I get the uh, highest paying job possible? And then I, I'll buy the best life I can with that money. Instead, I think what we need to do is we need to back up and we need to say, what, I want, what do I want life to look like? And then how do I make money to fund that lifestyle? So for me, for example, if my goal is to ski um, 30 or 40 days a year, um, if I want to be able to pop off to Central America for six weeks or head to Europe to ride my bike for a couple of weeks, if I want to do those things, if that's really what I want my life to look like, and you're going to offer me a job for $100,000 a year, $250,000 a year, a million dollars a year, it doesn't matter how much money you're going to offer me if that requires me to be in an office 60 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. Doesn't, the, the money doesn't help me achieve my goal. Now, okay, maybe there is, uh, there is a certain amount of money. Okay, you're going to pay me $10 million a year? Okay, I'll do that for a year, <laughs> you know, and, then, and then go back to my life. But at, at most dollar amounts that are realistic, it doesn't matter how much money you're going to pay me that money doesn't help me achieve the lifestyle that I want. I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, at the end of the day, no one could pay me enough money to sit in the office and rot my life away in a cubicle because the cubicle life isn't for me. I would be depressed. <laughs> I'd be unhappy. I'd be depressed. I'd be really yearning and longing and uh, uh, desiring for this life of freedom that I've achieved now. And uh, even though we're not making as much money now, uh, we're much happier, like, uh, like uh, your book title says, How to Be Happier. And, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned the... the the first uh, page of your book, uh, he who jumps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand and watch. Jean-Luc Gotthard. And uh, it's so true, you know. At the end of the day, uh, only uh, the people that matter most are our family. And who cares what people think or uh, how they judge us or how they uh, want to desire and yearn to be like us. Because at the end of the day, we've made this drastic life decision and it's worked for us. It might not work for everyone else because some people like stability. Some people like uh, safety. Some people like life in uh, suburbia. Uh, and, you know, um, and sometimes you need a bit of both. Uh, you know, you guys travel 
traveled quite extensively and then uh, now you guys are based in Lake Tahoe and then traveling from there. So I think uh, sometimes you get tired of the nomadic life as well, don't you? Yeah, I also think that when I, when I, we, we had this idea that we wanted to travel, I never thought that I could afford to both have a home base and travel to the extent that I wanted to. I thought I had to choose between the two. Um, and if I had to choose between the two, I was going to choose <laughs> travel, you know. But over time, as we made more money and and um, we sort of regained our footing, I realized, well, you know, we can have um, a home base and we can we can travel. We're not traveling as much as we once did, but I am loving life here in Lake Tahoe. There's a great poem. It's one of my all-time favorite poems by Don Blanding. Uh, it's called The Double Life. And uh, it... it he, um, in the double life, he talks about the, the one self wants to go no matter where just for the ride. He wants to go everywhere. And the, the other stuff wants to be home. And he wants a garden and puttering and treasured loot and dusty nooks. You know, and that's, that's definitely, I definitely feel that, that pull between the two, travel and, and, uh, and home. And it has been kind of, it's been a fun, um, we just bought this house uh, six months ago. And it has been fun. Even over the course of this summer, I've sort of felt like I, I'm only here part-time, you know. Um, we've just been traveling so much, a lot of uh, camping trips and, and business travel and everything else has been fun. Yeah, you know, you know uh, definitely the nomadic life uh, has its toll, especially when you're packing and unpacking, uh, hopping on and off buses and planes and checking and checking out and, uh, uh, you know, researching uh, the destinations, sightseeing continuously, working while you're traveling, depending on the Wi-Fi, that all can get stressful. And uh, definitely you need your stable friendships and, uh, you know, connections with family and friends and clubs and organizations. So. I, I, I think I'm on the same page as you. Uh, you definitely need uh, to have a little bit of both. It's healthy to have the stable and secure uh, home uh, to go back to, and also it's healthy to explore and see the beautiful world that we all live in. Uh, so Clark, uh, you know, in your book, you cover a lot of different things, uh, everything from life design to patchwork uh, income, to travel, to education, to much more. Um, uh, any tips or advice you would give in terms of uh, maybe uh, boiling down the whole book into a few sentences and uh, nuggets of wisdom for our listeners and viewers here today. It, it really comes back to what I said earlier. Are you living life by design? Most people, I believe, have never taken the chance to step back and go, is this what I want life to look like? And I think we need to regularly kind of do those audits, you know. Um, look at your – so one thing I recommend people do is – Make a list of the things that you value most, okay? And then I want you to look at your, your budget. Where are you spending your money? Because where you're spending your money ought to align with the things that you say you value most, you know? Um, and so it's a, to me, it's a very practical picture um, of figuring out, am I spending my life energy on things that matter to me? Whatever we have in life, um, we have because we've traded part of our life to get it. Okay, so if I'm going to look at um, this, so I, I say this to my kids all the time. I joke with them. I, they'll say um, they want me to buy them something, and I'll say I'm not willing to trade my life for that <laughs> because whatever it is, you know, I, I had to trade part of my time to make money, 
and then that money to, to buy stuff. And so I have to ask myself, anything I'm going to spend money on, I have to ask myself, am I willing to trade my life for that? I want to spend my life energy wisely. Well said, well said, Clark. Uh, you know, it's been great to have you on the show here. I'm curious to know about your vision forward. Um, you know, final question. Uh, if people wanted, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, like in your, your vision, and then we'll ask about the, the whole contact thing. Um, what is your vision? You're based in Tahoe. Uh, you, you're, you're traveling extensively still, not as much as before. Uh, where do you see yourself in terms of your life, your business, uh, your travels, and more in the next few months, years, and beyond? Sure. I think over the course of my life, I, I kind of have this um, all of the above approach. <laughs> so we've uh, had, season, had a season of our life where we were quasi-nomadic and traveling around quite a bit. Uh, now we are in a season where we're based in Tahoe very happily and uh, sort of traveling on these little trips. I think at some point in our life, we'll probably relocate overseas uh, and choose another country to live in for an extended period of time, uh, not to not to travel, but to choose to live in another culture, to really immerse ourselves in another culture for a season. And then there'll probably be another season where we go quasi-nomadic again. So over the course of our lives, I, I sort of yeah see this all of the above approach to uh, to living and, and how we travel. Well, I look forward to following you on the journey ahead and uh, hopefully connecting in person one day, not just through technology, but IRL in real life as well. <laughs> that's, that's right. So um, if I can real quickly just uh, share with people, um, I'd love for you to check out my book, Unworking. The, yes. the, um, actually, the prologue, introduction, and detailed chapter descriptions are all available um, on the website, unworkingbook.com. And I uh, would love for you to go to Amazon and, and buy the book either in print or uh, Kindle edition. So you have the book. And uh, also, why don't you uh, end off with how can people connect with you on your website, your family track, and also on your social media? Yeah, come find us at uh, familytrek.org. Uh, and I'm on Twitter. Uh, I actually have two handles. I, I wish I didn't. <laughs> but I have uh, at Clark Vand on Twitter and then at FamTrek on Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, of course, as well. There's both my personal page, and you can find Family Trek on Facebook. And um, and then anyone who is who is um, active as a runner or a cyclist, I'm also on Strava. Uh, and I love uh, you. Just find me on Strava. My uh, you know at, uh, slash Clark Vand. But um, in the past year, I've actually lost 70 pounds. And um, Running and cycling have been a big part of that, and, um, and, and I've just gotten more and more into it in terms of longer distances, and next month, I'm running in my very first marathon, so. Definitely wish you the best uh, on the marathon uh, next month, and I wish you the best in your family life, in your travel life, and definitely in your business life as well. Thank you so much. Hey, it's been it's been great to chat with you today.
it has been great to chat with you and to learn all your insights into how you you've created a life of design uh, you know how you travel the world and then uh, how you've uh, published the book and uh, you know create the blog and uh, you know inspired uh, literally thousands and millions of people through all of the stuff you're doing so good on you and thanks again for your time today hey thanks so much enjoy Ecuador Thank you. We will definitely indeed. Uh, we're actually going to hit the hot springs uh, after this interview. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. Uh, make sure you connect with Clark. Uh, once again, his book's called Unworking. I had the opportunity to get that book uh, recently, and I uh, have started reading the first three chapters. Highly recommend it. It's a great resources for people like myself who are digital nomads. And uh, not just digital nomads, just people who want to live life by design, not by default. So highly, 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 highly highly recommend grabbing a, uh, your own copy of Unworking. Uh, you can get it at your favorite Amazon site, uh, depending on which country you're from. And also yeah. make sure you check out uh, Clark's website called Family Trek, familytrek.org. And uh, you know, reach out to him on Twitter, on Facebook, and social media if you have any questions about living life by design. And if I can do it, and Clark can do it, and literally, uh, you know, um, a few hundred of our guests can do it, so can you. Uh, so the dream is possible, and, uh, you know, reach out to people and uh, to see how they've achieved their dreams, how they're living life by design, and how you can do it too. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode, live on location here in beautiful Banos, Ecuador. We'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.